Welcome to the Mission Matters Podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old-plus mission that is St. Louis U, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Welcome back. I am Virginia Herbers, the Director of Mission Formation here in the Office of Mission and Identity, and I am thrilled today to have with us Dr. Harold Braswell, who is an Associate Professor of Healthcare Ethics. Yes. And also a part-time SLU student in Mm -hmm. social work, among many other things that you do. So welcome, Harold. It's good to have you with us. It's great to be here. So let's start off just um, hearing a little bit about you, about your background, uh, and then we'll get into how you came to be a guest on our podcast today. Okay. I'm from the New York area. I came to SLU in 2014 after receiving my PhD from Emory University. It was an interdisciplinary PhD, working in uh, the history of medicine and medical anthropology as applied to bioethics, which is the department I'm in at SLU. Healthcare ethics and bioethics are synonymous. And... um, yeah, it's it's been a wonderful eight years to be here. Very happy at SLU, very happy at St. Louis. How did you end up at SLU? Well, you know, this is the job market. It was the best job I got. But I think I think the reason, I think it's a good job for me because I think I'm a good fit for this job. And I do think that that happens to be the case for a number of reasons underlying, which is maybe the topic of this podcast, which is sort of my you know, I think I have a, a somewhat Jesuit sensibility. I, I, I like the Jesuit mission of the university, but I think more concretely at the time, I was writing my dissertation and my dissertation was on how death was defined in hospice in America. And it was an ethnography. And it started out as an ethnography of a, let's just say relatively secular hospice organization in Atlanta. I say relatively secular because I don't think any hospices are really secular. Like there's always kind of a lot, a lot of spiritual stuff going on. But while studying this group of people, they started talking to me about this group of nuns called the Hawthorne Dominicans, who also ran what could be called a hospice in Atlanta, Georgia, called Our Lady Perpetual Help Home. And they were big fans of these nuns. And so I decided to cold call Our Lady one day. And I talked to Sister Edwin, who was the director of nursing there. And she invited me over to start volunteering. And so my ethnography became a comparative ethnography. So I ended up writing an ethnography, which became my book called The Crisis of U.S. Hospice Care. And there's a lot about the Hawthorne Dominicans in there. And I'm a secular person, and I was never interested in in religion, really, as a scholar. But I was drawn to it because these nuns really were doing work that was very needed and appreciated in the ecosystem of Atlanta healthcare, and I would say American healthcare as well. So I wanted to learn how they did that. And to do that, you got to interview them. And once you interview them, they'll start talking about the Eucharist and about mass. As much as you might want it to be a secular health systems, you know, sort of thing, they're going to start talking about like, you know, Christ's body and like what it feels like to take the Eucharist. And so I ended up becoming an ethnographer of Catholicism, very much in spite of myself. And I think that to Jeff Bishop, who was the head of our center at the time and and other people, that was a that was an interesting thing for me to be. And I think it made me a good fit here, very natural fit. And I think it's something that, you know, has, has allowed me to really appreciate this place. Okay, so was SLU really your first entree into Jesuit world? A hundred percent, yes. Even within Catholicism, you know, I was studying Dominicans, and that's a very different sensibility. Uh, so I, I think that it's definitely not the first time I ever heard the word Jesuit, but I, I think it's definitely the first encounter with Jesuits and and attempt to kind of 
understand what that is. All right, then talk to us a little bit about how that whole Jesuit mission thing here at SLU, how you came to forge a relationship with that or how it has unfolded as time has gone by. So I came here in 2014 and I, I have to say that when I came here, I didn't really know a lot about Jesuits and I was here for a year or two and I really didn't learn a lot about Jesuits. It wasn't kind of an organic part of my identity or anything like that, which is a shame because it's actually a relatively easy sell, in my opinion, for a lot of people. Now, how did I get sold on it? Gina Mayers and a couple other people at the provost's office at the time did something called uh, Mentoring for the Mission. It was an initiative and they did something really smart, which was that they said you could get a course release from your department if you did that. Now, I said, that's not the only reason I did it. I was interested in it too, but you do have to understand that, you know, faculty are busy. I, I didn't have tenure at the time, you know, like I'm not going to sign up for stuff. I, that's the focus. But for a course release, sure, I'll do a year-long program where I read about the Jesuit mission and talk with people about it. And that was, um, yeah, I do think it was life-changing, actually. You know, I, I think it was very powerful. It was a really good group of people doing it. And, you know, we started off reading Ignatius of Loyola. We read the Land O'Lakes Agreement. And so as an interdisciplinary scholar, this was like, oh my God, this is incredible to me. Like the Catholic university actually has an interdisciplinary foundation. You know, like it's, it's a critique of the modern university. And, you know, if you're not really Catholic, that can slip through the cracks. And, and that frustrates me when I see that happening. But really, I think the guys that I felt most connected to, kind of in awe of, are um, the guys in El Salvador, Ella Correa and uh, Martin Barreau. And so we read about Ella Correa's model of the university. And I was like, what a genius. What a guy who, we need this now. This is visionary now. If we implemented it, it would be really freaking hard to implement, which is why we should be working at it. And this guy got killed by US-funded death squads in El Salvador, okay? And, you know, there, it's a part of the Jesuit thing, okay? It's not all of it, I don't think we do, but it's, it's an important part. And seeing such a smart guy, such a beautiful man, and now I'm, I'm getting more into liberation psychology and Martin Barreau, it really is an intellectual tradition that I think we should be really proud of. And I think beyond that, just Ignatius' story, the cannonball. I think we should do more with the cannonball at the university because this is something students don't understand a lot of the time, which I didn't understand. You, you know, you're an undergraduate, you're 18, you think your life is just gonna be a straight path to you know, whatever career. So Ignatius becomes a knight and dies in a war, right? Well, guess what? Stuff happens, okay? We get cannonballs and these are traumatic, and difficult, and we shouldn't gloss over that, but they're also the opportunity to create ourselves and grow. And I, I love that this tradition is based on that, that it has a very organic basis in that. And I think that's something that's very unique about the Jesuit tradition. It's not the only one, but it is, it is very strong in this tradition. And I couldn't love that aspect of it more. So well said, and a phenomenal set of insights. So thank you for that. It then leads me to the question, if you had a three-minute platform, and you do, to be able to speak to all the faculty of SLU, tenure track, non-tenure track, adjunct, full professor, the whole gamut, what recommendation through the lens of mission might you make? Yeah. If I was going to say something to the faculty, I would say we should probably push on the university to give us more opportunities to learn about the, the mission and to have that learning have a reasonable incentive structure. Uh, in terms of wor workload allocation and things like that. And once you do that, it's not hard to find yourself in the mission of this university. And I do think it is kind of our superpower. You know, when I get frustrated at SLU, 
I, I worry that SLU sometimes tries too much to be like other universities. And, and we should not. We are not a secular research one university. The kind of scholarship that we produce should look different than at other places. Now, what that means is it should be the source of conversations in our community. Like, I don't have the answers. That's what I mean. I don't have like programmatic recommendations, but we, I do think we should be having conversations as a community and we are, you know, but I think we could amplify them. What does Jesuit scholarship look like? What is the role of teaching at a Jesuit university? How can we do this? And, and you know, I know Donna Lavoie, who, you know, I, I work with a lot. Hi, Donna, if you're there, is thinking about this. I know a lot of people, I know Provost Lewis is too, but I, I just want us to be doing more of this. And I think what we could do as scholars is to, to ask the university to give us opportunities like mentoring for the mission. Okay, so now I have to do a commercial. One of the programs that we are piloting this year out of our office is called the Ignatian Colleagues Program at SLU. Uh, the Ignatian Colleagues Program is a national program. It's a two-year, 18-month commitment, but it is through the AJCU, so it is collaborative among all the Jesuit universities in the nation. And we are starting next year a local version of that. So it's in its pilot phase this year. It is going extremely well, but what it would look like is kind of what you're describing. So small group cohort structures, which meet monthly to talk about different readings of topics in the Ignatian tradition and Jesuit mission, and then a service component and a retreat component. Mm. So you might be interested in participating next year. And I'm going to throw this out to the larger community to say, keep your eyes open and eyes and ears open in January for when we launch this for next academic year. A hundred percent. And I would just say, you know, you didn't ask me to speak to administrators. I do think that speaking to administrators it does make SLU a more desirable place to work, to have opportunities like this. I, I really believe that in my heart, that faculty, we, we like having a sense of our identity as distinct from COGS in a machine or something like that, or, or just any other university. And the less interchangeable we can make SLU with other universities through opportunities like this, which you know, I went to Emory, right, for my PhD. You're not going to find this at Emory. Now, there are other stuff that is at Emory. That's fine. Okay. I'm not saying every university needs to be Jesuit, but you come to appreciate stuff like this as a faculty member. Yeah. So I'm going to change gears for a second. And I want our audience to know that you were recommended to us for this podcast uh, as one of the best when it comes to incarnating SLU's mission. Mm. Well, it's very sweet. That is humbling and that it's, I, I think it's cool. I'm not Catholic. I'm not religious. I would not identify as a religious person. I would identify as a typically American secular Jew, you know, which is that, you know, I am a member of a temple CRC here in St. Louis, which I love. And I have, a, I think, a strong Jewish cultural identity. But I don't know, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I've become more open to this, actually. But I would say that a dialogue with God is not a part of my day-to-day -day life. Though I will say that being surrounded by uh, colleagues who are very theologically inclined, Catholic and Christian theology, it has been nice to me. And it's been opening for me religiously. I would also say emotionally and cognitively. So that, that is another thing I like about SLU to talk about. Now, in terms of why do I fit into this mission and things like that? Well, I think that in spite of myself, I like people. I like being with people. A push in my scholarship has been this tension between being a scholar in, in, my, in a room by myself, which I also like. And I do think that thought takes place alone at some level. And I think that's really important. But I also have throughout my career have been pushing out to me. So you know, I didn't go to a anthropology PhD program. I took my first anthropology class my second year in graduate school. And then I felt compelled to do ethnography. And then once I did ethnography, 
you know, I, I felt compelled to get a little bit more politically involved in the lives of people that I was working with. And I think that, you know, that is something that, you know, sort of like what we're talking about in, with Ignatius, this kind of relentless, which is not to say unpleasant, but but kind of unceasing attempt to open oneself to experiences with others is something that I think has served me well here and that has allowed me to fit in here. You know, at SLU, it's pushed me, for example, we have service learning classes. Uh, I direct the undergraduate programs in healthcare ethics. So we have a relationship with the Independence Center, which is, it's a clubhouse model of mental health facility. It's on Forest Park. And I, I think taking students there, getting them to meet members of the clubhouse, getting them to work in the clubhouse is something that has resonated with people as an example of what Ignatian pedagogy might look like. Very happy I got a, a award for uh, pedagogy and social justice from the Graduate Student Association for that. And so I think that for, for various reasons, probably certainly dating to my personal life and, and development, I do seem to fit with aspects of this model of scholarship and university. And I think that's so vital to highlight that SLU is a Catholic Jesuit institution, absolutely, 100%. And the mission is rooted in that, founded on that. And it is so much larger than just a Catholic religion or just a Jesuit history. Like each mm -hmm. one of us has a role to play in that history and from that foundation, regardless of whether we are Catholic or Jesuit. Yeah, and I think regardless of whether we're Catholic or Jesuit, but I do think that, you know, what it means to be to be Jesuit has has become a little bit more complex for me. I'm not Catholic or a Jesuit, but at the same time, you do find yourself touched, called, whatever you want to call it, by points in this tradition. And, you know, you, you try to live them out. So do I see myself becoming a Jesuit, like a guy with the collar, you know, like who has coffee with students at North Campus on Friday? No, but I do find myself becoming more Jesuit being here, even without, as you said, being actually a card-carrying Jesuit. Yes, because I believe you were described to me as the Jewish Jesuit on campus. Well, it's very nice. I like that. <laughs> so you um, brought up the idea of making the cannonball moments of our lives and tying them back into our Ignatian history more relevant to students. I've been toying recently with the idea of identifying several different moments of Ignatius's life, whether it was the cannonball experience or the Manresa in the cave experience or the mountaintop experience at Montserrat or his kind of boring administrative experience in Rome that he never really wanted, but nonetheless committed to and doing something with those along the lines of this is our life too. I think you should definitely do that. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about it, you know, either now or just in the future. I, I particularly like you bringing in the, the administrative piece. You know, part, part of life is doing things that can be boring at times and that like sometimes you're not sure of it. And sometimes maybe you shouldn't be doing that. But other times, you know, really important work has a boring component to it. And to make sense of that and to work through that is something that's good for all of us to understand. And I think that it, it's very moving to me that Ignatius's life has a moment like that, that's very central and that we could use to, you know, give, give students and faculty and staff something that they'll be able to, to use to think through their own existence a little bit. Yeah, helpful. All right, so stay tuned. That's kind of my impetus that I needed to move that along a little bit. Good.
Okay. So if we had somebody who were listening and saying, oh, this is really nice and wonderful. I still haven't figured out my way of plugging into the mission yet. Mm -hmm. What suggestion would you make? Well, I just met you. You seem like a reasonable person to talk to about this. I mean, I, I honestly, I would say like, you know, shoot Virginia an email and, you know, uh, Randy Rosenberg is a great guy who's the dean of the Jesuit College. I actually gave a talk to the uh, first years there on Monday of this week. And I mean, I, I think there, there are various entry points. You know, one entry point that I found valuable actually has been working with the Jesuits in formation, you know, serving on master's committees and things like that. Those are some of the best scholarly products that I've been able to participate in since being at the university. Those, those guys are really high, high quality guys as people and as, as scholars. And so I think, you know, as, as a scholar to get more involved with that can be very gratifying. Um, and just to look out for other opportunities, you know, I have two young children, so I have not been able to do one of these retreats that I see advertised and that are very um, appropriate, but I just, I can't leave my like wife with the kids for like several days to do a silent retreat. Like it's just not going to happen for a while, but if I could, I would do it. You know, I mean, that, that seems like a very immersive experience. Well, thank you for that commercial. And you are correct. There's a lot of opportunity offered out of our office. So I too would encourage anyone who wanted to jump in a little bit more deeply to give us a call, get, shoot an email, let us know. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Yeah, I, I would say, actually, I would start with the issues that you care about already. And then I would, I would look for points of contact with the Jesuit mission in them. And even just starting out in the sense that I, I don't think you need to start out like, oh, I'm so organically interested in the Jesuit mission. I think you could even just start out and be like, look, this is an issue I care about already. I want to see more stuff done about it. This is a Jesuit university. So figuring out points of contact to the mission will be helpful to me to accomplish things that I want. Now, if that's fighting racism, it's, if that's climate justice, like whatever, this is just the thing that you got to do at this Jesuit university. It doesn't have to be like love at first sight, like whatever. What I would suggest would probably happen though, is once you start doing that, you might actually find yourself compelled by the mission in other ways and just to be open to that. But it, it, you know, I, I don't wanna set the bar too high at the beginning. Like you have to be having this kind of moment. Like there are lots of very accessible within your interest points of contact between your passions and the Jesuit mission. And it, it can be immediately gratifying to you to find those. Absolutely. So are you familiar with Pedro Grupe's quote about fall in love, stay in love, and it will determine everything? No. Basically goes fall in love, stay in love. What you love will determine everything. It will determine what gets you out of bed in the morning. It will determine how you spend your weekends. It will determine how you spend your money. And I'm hearing echoes of that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Harold. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say here, but this has been fantastic and highlighting exactly what our whole point is in doing this podcast, which is basically the recognition and the spotlighting of how the mission is alive and well in the community in ways that really are hidden in plain sight. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I think it's great. If anybody ever wants to get in touch with me, just, you know, you could find me, Harold Braswell online and don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at SLU Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud, but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community.
Thank you for joining us. And until next time, in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.